What up, what up, what up, and welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken. I am your host, Tony Calzani, joined with my boy, Ken. This is episode 22 of the show. Ken, how are you feeling this week? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. As always, beautiful day. Uh, the country is now eased up on people can going out, so uh, I've been trying to catch mm. up with quite a few people, as per usual, but then uh, recognizing that it's the our three-day bank holiday. So people are enjoying yeah. our three-day weekend. Um, and usually when we have a three-day w- weekend throughout the year, it usually symbolizes yes. different things or big events like the Notting Hill Carnival. Obviously, that's not around mm-hmm. this time anyway. But, you know, big events always surround it and people are trying to look for ways to enjoy it. I don't yeah. think Notting Hill Carnival is going to happen this year. But um, no. um, obviously, it's not meant to be around this time. But yeah, that's something yeah. that's always not- noteworthy. Um, I think people are really getting big into, or people. This is the time when people are getting crazy creative on how they mm-hmm. can actually go out. So people are yeah. doing well. Almost all pubs have figured out ways to uh, have people outside, yes. and um, we've seen in central London or Soho where they've literally shut down streets so people can have a drink outside. Uh, yeah. So just a lot of tables and chairs, and we obviously the ones that we've known about is the uh, outdoor cinemas. Or car mm-hmm. cinemas that people just pull up with their friends or family or girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, whatever. And yeah, yeah. man. So I'm just trying to get out to as much as possible in the uh, socially, as the most socially distanced as possible, man. How about you, mm-hmm. Tom? What have you been up to? Um, I've been feeling good, you know, just uh, getting on with my get on like you, capitalizing on um, the bank holiday weekend, also capitalizing on the fact that we can actually go places now. Uh, like you mentioned, a uh, few places have inter- in- instituted systems whereby like, you know, you, you book in advance off of like, you know, whatever online platform they may be using or maybe you phone them up. Um, did have a run into a bit of a wrinkle with this place. Um, it's called The Breakfast Club. Um, oh, snap. Just- yeah, I love that place. Uh, as a person that doesn't eat meat, there's not a lot of options, but I was pleasantly surprised they did have vegan options. It's just not on their menu, which I think is a bit of a faux pas, but they can sort that out. Um, so, but we get there because uh, my girlfriend calls up in advance and she says, oh, do you have uh, any bookings open? Say, oh, we don't do bookings on the weekend. It's just going to be walk-ins. So I, I get there uh, a little bit earlier than uh, my partner does. And I say, hey, I'm just looking for a walk-in. And she said, well, unfortunately, uh, we haven't got any spaces right now. But if you give me your name and your number, we'll put you into our booking system and we'll give you a call back as soon as something's available. And at that point, I just realized to me, so... There's a booking system. (laughs) You don't have booking system on the weekend only for people to show up where you have to book them in to a booking system. Cool, makes sense. Uh, but we eventually called me earlier than expected. We went and had our meal. A really nice breakfast. Way too much. I, I, I uh, my eyes were too big, Ken. Um, but ah, that's totally. uh, yeah. You know, you, you you see the sunlight a little bit. Of sunlight. It was a bit chilly. Uh, but just the fact that you can go out, you get a bit too excited. You see food. Give me food now. Food. Um, You're trying to spend money that day, boy. I was trying to spend money, uh, which I didn't actually spend money out of nowhere. My partner just paid for it. Um, Oh. She said she she was supposed to treat me for something. I'm thinking to myself, I do not remember this negotiation, but cool if say it benefits thank you. me. Just say thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, just to get into it, Ken, this week I wanted to try something different. We're going to do our usual. We're going to talk about what we've watched. Yep. Um, but uh, the most important thing is I think we want to actually have a deeper conversation about relationships, specifically a relationship between a father and son. I think that links into the finale of Invincible. For the people out there, that uh, did get the chance to watch Invincible, the finale. Uh, I think it's apropos. Uh, but 
just to let everybody know the people are here at the beginning uh we appreciate you being with us throughout the weeks you know if you've been dipping in and out whether you've been with us from day dot to 22 um we appreciate you uh just do us a favor of like you know liking the episode you know liking whatever you uh whatever you want it's not by force uh, share it out again not by force it's by force, you know, it's by force. don't listen to it it's by force <laughs> please <But> just, <laughs> all of you <laughs> if you can do whatever you can do within your capacity to help us out it'll definitely uh, help us grow and we'll be much appreciated we appreciate you for listening for one and if you can do that little extra for us we will love you long time you know uh, but let's get straight into it Ken what's the first thing we're going to be talking about we're talking about let, let, let's get the finale out of the way. So invincible. We're going to talk about you think so? Words. I think I think we should save that because I think that's going to be a deep, long conversation. Oh no, 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 no. yeah, yeah. That... Connecting to the film with the show, uh, the themes of the show today. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll leave that for long. Um, yeah. Oh, what did we watch? Uh, we watched uh, Yasuke. Yasuke from uh netflix uh this this is a show uh about a black samurai uh, during feudal feudal japan um unfortunately this show is not uh, a video show but if you was to see me i would be putting air quotations up around feudal japan um i would go into a brief of what this show is but um besides from telling you it's about a black samurai i'm not gonna like it I really did not understand what was going on in the show for the most part. I think I'm going to let you take the reins. Well, I think what helped uh, or didn't help with that is because they weren't, they didn't know what they wanted to be because this yeah. was a feudal Japan story slash uh, sci-fi slash uh, uh, fantasy world slash mm. uh, um, Western. Like it had everything up in there, man, and and so mm. I found myself going through emotions like, oh, oh, I'm almost like expecting certain things to happen, and then they literally merged so many different elements of you know things that we're used to to, to seeing, and yeah. so it felt confusing. It wasn't a confusing story, but the the the, the tone of it uh, um was a bit funny, um mm-hmm. mainly because well I can say one thing that I did like about it, um I, it's me. always good to see, um um. And I think they did, well, no, they did okay with it. Uh, and it was the um, the manly figure or the fatherly, fig- fatherly fig- figure of, uh, that's the main character. And yeah. a weaker but somewhat competent uh, sidekick that they're either taking on a journey, like Journey to the West, or like uh, um, Boy and Kratos, or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Wolverine and X-23. Uh, like th- there's mm-hmm. so many of these stories where you've got someone quote-unquote protecting someone else uh, and that was just a just a, a few to name which is a very western trait yeah so, and, and i feel it was quite nice that like the whole like oh don't worry i got your back i'm going to protect you it's like i don't need protection i can literally shoot fire beams at my at my little pinky finger um yeah it, and the little girl ends up saving him a couple of times however yeah it leads to well it had many uh story arcs or, or character arcs but, mm-hmm. like, but nothing groundbreaking like i said it, it was a bit all over the place because of Very much so many so. things that they wanted to go for. Like we had that, yeah. that group of mercenary, uh, mercenaries that came in um, that seemed to wear clothes that were from roughly around this time. Like everything was so confusing with the time. Um, yeah. there, there was the expected uh, racism or discomfort around uh, having a black man or a, a, an outsider. Because you kind of see it, yeah. saw it as uh, with The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, where you're an outsider, you haven't proven yourself and it seemed like Tom Cruise, he eventually proves himself because there was a war coming. But mm-hmm. Yasuke was deep in a war and he was badding up guys. 
but they yeah. still didn't rate him. They even left yeah. it. It even became a point where like, all right, cool. We still don't mess with you. You helped us take this place. We don't mess with you. If anything, mm-hmm. because he likes you, we're going to betray the entire kingdom. Like what? <laughs> he yeah. saved your life. So yeah, it, it, it was um, very, very heavy with that. But yeah. it, it, nothing like, because I'm happy it happened. But that's partly because of one other thing. Um, one thing that I absolutely loved about the show was yeah. the intro. I went straight onto Apple Music. Oh, yeah. And I, I download uh, it. I, I, I loop it. That's oh, Flying Lotus at his, at his best. Well, you, I wouldn't go that far. But Flying Lotus, he's a, he's a very, very accomplished, very talented uh, producer of music, whatever you want to call him, you know, uh, whether he's a DJ, whether he's a producer, creative, and you know, he's he's a true artist, and he creates like these really beautiful soundscapes uh, on on projects. This one specifically, it didn't feel out of place. It was like kind of urban inspired, but it didn't feel out of place. It felt like it was uh, kind of paying respects to you know anime culture to japanese culture but still giving it that you know kind of like urban hip-hop flavor if you want trip hop if you want to call it that um but you know let me jump in here and actually give us like a a rundown roughly of the basic story because it's one of those ones it's very it's if the show thinks it's telling a story but it's not really telling a story it's just kind of telling moments but the basic premise of the show follows a character called yasuke who is a uh a black man uh who's a vassal to um a italian merchant so during this period of time quite a few uh, black people were were taken either by the Italians or the Portuguese to Japan, um, either slaves or, you know, uh, with the church uh, specifically. So he's brought over to Japan. Uh, he is noticed by the daimyo Nobunaga, and a daimyo is essentially like a, kind of like a warlord, like, you know, people that have affluence and money uh, control a certain region of Japan, and underneath them, they have a series of samurai to protect them and their interests. So uh, the Daimyo Nobunaga, in terms of real history, um, notices the physicality and the prowess of Yasuke and takes him on board as uh, one of his vassals, as a, as a samurai. Now, where the story kind of deviates something, uh, some, somewhat, uh, there's a particular incident during that period that you have the, uh, the Battle of Tenmo Kuzan, which is um, was a, a really badly thought uh, battle between two daimyos. And uh, there was also the Hononji incident, whereby uh, the daimyo uh, Nobunaga was actually forced to commit suicide. Uh, they changed it in the anime, whereby um, um, Yasuke actually participates in the voluntary suicide. There's no actual proof in history that he actually did Um Apparently, yeah. he just observed it, but the they, creative license, right? Um, then the show just goes from, hey, we're going to tell you a historical story now. Now we're just going to give you anime fuck shit. Everything anime. Uh, yeah, you've yeah. got a, a young girl with magical powers. Uh, she has been destined to uh, fight against this other daimyo, which actually also has magical powers. Uh, we don't know the reason for the daimyo having magical powers. Just be, uh, we just know that she's she is very old and very powerful, and she makes a reference to the fact that uh, with great power there sometimes comes another great power to oppose it. Uh, and she's trying to defeat this great power before it comes to fruition, uh, to fruition. And this young girl who starts off extremely poorly, extremely ill, on the brink of death, uh, which we're, we're led to believe as the audience, to becoming essentially, 
a demigod. Captain, Let's not she becomes Captain Marvel. Powerful, yeah, yeah. but you never really Crazy know power. why. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, be, pow, she's powerful because the script said so. And it's unfortunate. Could have been something to delve into it, but things just kind of happen in this film. Like to your point with the mercenaries, we never really know why they're hired by the daimyo, just that they're hired to kill the, the girl. They don't give any uh, motivation. We don't learn anything about them besides from one of them, maybe Russian, I believe. Um, she turns into a bear. Another one is African. I think he is from Benin, the Benin Empire. Benin, and, yeah, he is, yeah. And he can generate like a... Uh, he's the Green Lantern, for lack of a better word. He is essentially the Green <laughs> Lantern. The Green Lantern. Uh, and for some reason, you have a mechs in this, in this feudal Japan anime. I get it. Japanese and it's not anime. a guy in the suit. It's not a guy in the suit. It's an it's actual. A sh- it's a mech. It's, it's a someone has straight an AI like motherboard in yeah. feudal Japan in a big mech. It's not a mech yeah. suit. It's it's a giant robot. Crazy. And nobody and nobody seems to be like, what is this fantastical? Granted, you already got no mar- magic, right? So you're probably gonna get used to. It, but like this this mech out of nowhere. And they've got ma- uh, like crossbreed of magical mechs on the battlefield, and nobody yeah. seems to feel feel like. I it's mean, alternate history. It's alternative history. That's what it is. But with crazy batshit Japanese esque anime uh, elements to it, man. That's what and it none is. of this is ever paused to be explained. Um, no, no. I feel like I can get through this 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 kind of analysis of the show pretty simply, right? Yeah. Uh, it was entertaining enough. I can say that it was entertaining enough. We got Lakeith Stanfield. In terms of the two major people that I recognize is Lakeith Stanfield and mm-hmm. Ming-Na Wen. Ming-Na Wen is completely uh, wasted. So for any of you that don't know Ming-Na Wen, she's famous for playing um, the voice of Mulan. She played Chun-Li in the uh, Street Fighter movie. And she's also Agent May in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Her, char- yeah. uh, her her talent's completely wasted. Her character kind of comes and goes. Um, Lakeith Stanfield does his best to actually deliver really authentic voice acting. He's not doing the typical anime voice acting, but essentially this show is the Yas- is Yasuke only in name. Very quickly, you Yasuke becomes a background character in his own show, which is unfortunate. Uh, the main focus seems to be all of the other craziness going around and the super-powered little girl. Um when when it hits it hits it visually looks uh, stunning it's um the combat is well animated uh but when it misses it misses hard some things just happen there's one episode where you he says i'm not getting involved then a, a following episode okay i'm getting involved uh then another episode where he's completely it seems like he's shell-shocked or suffering P- P- uh, ptsd from his previous life and he's never going to battle again oh no i'm battling again and one yeah. episode where he says he's completely done with his mission because he's delivered a girl. Out of nowhere, he's in battle armor and going to war. And I don't know about you, Ken, but that scene where he's on a horse in armor, I thought that was a flashback to a previous battle. I didn't yeah. know that was a continuation of the story. It, I, thought- I, I I would say that they, it, it does feel a bit rushed because I think they only had six episodes, right? So, I think because- so, it was very short. Yeah, it it was rushed. And there was one thing that made me realize it was a bit rushed with the story because uh, just like you said, there was a lot of elements of it that, okay, cool. He He's made an arc. I looked away for a second and he has he's changed his mind about something. Mm-hmm. And that is usually elements of like, oh, there's not enough time to actually show that transition mentally or with more flashbacks or whatever. And it's even more evident when you look at these six episodes. The first three episodes, uh, throughout this entire show, there was two very distinct villains. Right, the first three episodes had one villain, and the last mm-hmm. three 
I know because the minute the first guy got defeated, I was like, oh, where can the story go? There's three more episodes. Yeah. And then they introduced like it felt like that should have been they should have had two six parters where it fully fleshed out with the first priest guy uh, for six episodes and then the um and then the super powered old lady for another six episodes because it it felt too okay so oh cool we're, yeah we're kind of done with this it got they got defeated relatively easy the girl got crazy powerful within mm. one episode um can I ask so, you no, something that please. holy man at the beginning the priest has he mm-hmm. I. I really don't know. I'm struggling to really remember, but did he have any connection to the evil daimyo? No. What was it? What was his? What was his purpose? Like he was trying to find a girl. He gets defeated. That storyline is done. He he his plan was to. That's why he hired the uh, mercenaries. The mercenaries were working for the uh, evil old lady. They were working for him, and they he wanted them not to kill her, kill the little girl. They wanted them to capture her so Mm -hmm. that he can take control of her because it's part of the prophecy so that he can utilize her power to spread god's word so that you know they can overclaim the earth or something evil i mean reasons. i yeah, mean he wanted that's... to take you want because like the uh the mum that the musician yeah he gave like i don't know what the connection is with him and, uh, and that lady but he he wanted her to take care of her until yeah. she was ready so he can take her on and yeah. use her through her powers yeah which makes no sense a little bit. It really doesn't. He he was an idiot. He was so violent. He was so cruel. Yo, yes. any little girl ain't trying to mess with you if you're acting no. cruel like this. Let's say you no. won and you you lenged off like uh, 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 Yasuke, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you've paid the bounty to to the bounty hunters and everything. And now this girl's in your possession, who's wildly powerful, which you know is prophesized. Yeah, she doesn't like you. How do you not die in the next five seconds? She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna end you, which exactly pretty much she does anyway. Uh, he was wicked for no of, reason. He was. We never really got a reason for it. It's unfortunate the episode was only six. Uh, the the show was only six episodes, and they with those six episodes they they chose not to really tell you a story. They just kind of told you moments. Um, but the biggest yeah. disappointment I have with this show. And I put this solely down to the conception of the show and the writing is the fact that you've taken this historical figure of Yasuke, which we don't really get a lot of black characters in anime um, for obvious reasons. Japan is a um, what's the word? Um, it, you only really get Japanese people in Japan. You occasionally exactly. get other people, you know, white people, black people, but they are homogenous. That's the term that I was looking for. Um so in this moment in history, you have this opportunity to tell a story. You failed to tell the story, but not only that, you've taken this character that could be very uplifting to you know young black people that love anime and think, oh, I feel represented in this media, um, and you re re relegated him to essentially fantasy, and yeah. yeah, it's unfortunate. The idea of being black in anime can only really work in fantasy. And that bummed me out when I was watching it. I I, I thought this was going to be like kind of like, um, not not going to be historically accurate, but it was going to be grounded at least. And it's telling a story of this black samurai. I couldn't yeah, tell you same. what story this was telling besides from a powerful little girl with magic. That's all that yeah. I got from it. Um, yeah. what, what's the name of that genre? When you have like a father figure taking care of a little child or whatever, that seems to be the chosen one or the, you know, the kind of like uh, Terminator, John Qu- uh, Connor, Type because I mentioned a few early on, but this yeah. is it fits into that category more so than any other uh, a yeah. main plot or theme. 
it does um, it does it does fit into that. And I guess for me it's like I would have preferred something more akin to Wolf and Cub. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly. this this, you know, uh, the grand the grand prophecy, um mm. which I don't I don't know whether there was a grand prophecy during the time of Yosuke and uh Daimyo Nobunaga, but uh um, Yeah, it wasn't made clear. However, yeah. I, I do wish this was more akin to um a Marco Polo because an outsider yeah. that joins up with the uh uh, the leader at the time who uh, mm-hmm. proves himself and then rises above to help in the battle and whatever. I wish right. they didn't do like, oh, 20 years later. I wish they kept at that time and saw how yeah. he rose to that uh, eventual uh, defeat where he had to help kill his master. But well, no, if the- they, they, they they jumped ahead. I wish we saw that middle middle bit before we jumped ahead more so. Maybe, my, my assumption yeah. is this. I think... The, um, so just a little to give a little context and a little bit of history. Um, a few years ago, um, it was actually intended that Yasuke was supposed to be a live action movie starting starring Chadwick Boseman, and uh, it didn't reach production. Unfortunately, uh, his uh, untimely death led to obviously being cancelled. My suspicion is this: I think n- not necessarily being connected to the live action movie, but maybe capitalizing on the idea that hey hollywood's going to do a big production maybe we should do something in japan because this is mm-hmm. our history so my i my suspicion is this they knew that there was going to be a grounded take coming what we're good at is fantasy over here in japan with our anime we're not going to try to retread whatever storyline they'll tell because they'll most likely be telling that's previous storyline let's do our own thing and i think it's just unfortunate that maybe them anticipating other people's plans kind of like made their plans look kind of silly. Right. That's my suspicion. Yeah. Um, well, how did you feel about it overall? How did you feel overall, about it overall? I mean, I, I can't trash it because it, it's mm-hmm. not, it hasn't done anything to offend me too tough. Um, I enjoyed certain elements of it. Animation was a bit choppy at certain parts. There are some parts yeah. of the animation where it was very clear it was CG or, or yeah. 3D. But once again, that doesn't that, that, does, that doesn't kill it for me. It does mm-hmm. break me away from the immersion a bit, but no, nothing too crazy. Um, overall, the story was 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 straightforward. No, nothing too complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, if anything, I craved more of the calm moments that you usually get in films and TV shows where, all right, cool, we're not necessarily moving the plot forward we're moving our character forward. So them times right. where people have uh, a sense of levity, like um, we, uh, with the mercenaries, mm-hmm. the the lady that gets killed first, unfortunately. Yes. Um, and then how the uh, cyborg, or how the robot reacted to it. I felt nothing because it was like, Oh okay, yeah, that was so time, forced. If it was forced, because that was the first oh. time there was any connection or any like feeling of, oh, some kind of connection. But that one time we get that is when people get killed off yeah so it was, it was like, like are we friends yeah. now yeah we are friends oh you died oh you killed my friend oh suicide and i'm like they should they should have left it out they should have left that out because they didn't build that up to begin with if anything they were the bad guys for the first three episodes anyway yeah so yeah it was, like, it was not why, earned. Why, why would i care about them it was not earned at all yeah. wasn't justified uh for it, me overall it I, sorry yeah go yeah go for it go for it go for it yeah, yeah. Um, it it just adds to the whole idea that it, it felt rushed in certain yeah. elements of the of the plot. So yeah, overall, psh, it was alright. It was alright at best, to be honest. It, it was alright. I I liked the some of the animation. 
Um, mm-hmm. The story was 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 basic. Um, yeah, I like to see you know more representation, but not in a kind of goofy or kind of because I didn't feel happy for the guy. Like yeah. it was just very sad. Um, uh, I wanted there to be like he's the name in the show, but yeah, it, it it felt very depressing. Like at least have some something to to, to look forward to, but yeah, you know, we don't know. Maybe season two. I doubt it, but yeah, maybe season two. Uh, I don't think this is getting a season two. Uh, my overall thoughts on it, I thought it was fine. I think it was. It felt like something that I watched um, that I can't really say anything better or worse than that. Uh, entertained enough when I was entertained. Uh, it didn't blow my socks off, my socks off but also it, uh, it felt like a, a missed opportunity to, to say, hey, we're not going to do Kuhn characters in Japan. We can actually do black characters that are actually characters um this didn't actually hit the mark as i i wanted it to but hey they you know i don't work for them uh but what i hope is that with you know the development of like you know that newly uh opened uh black owned japanese anime studio that this is an opportunity to say hey maybe we can tell even if it is fiction because most anime is fiction you got like jujutsu kaisen but maybe we can make uh, a main character that's non-Japanese. It doesn't even have to be set in Japan. It could be j- set in a fantasy world. Like, you know, my favorite anime is Full Metal Alchemist. For the la- for better or f- for worse, they don't outwardly say it, but those characters are se- essentially Caucasian, you know? Um, and the reason why I can say that with confidence is because they do make disti- distinctions in race in Full Metal Alchemist. You've got the Ishbalans that are of color, and you have people from Shing that clearly are you know, Asian, Asian characters, lack of a better word in terms of fa- uh, yeah. fiction. Um, but it was fine. It was neither here and there. Um, I'm not going to knock it. Uh, but I just hope it opens the door for more opportunities for, you know, this, um, this genre medium, whatever you want to call anime, uh, to be a bit more diverse in their characters, their stories and stuff, which they are. They do some weird stuff out there, but maybe not have a black character that has one circular lip that's pink. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, let's move on to our, our next uh, next thing that we watched. We watched a new movie from Amazon Prime Video um, starring Michael B. Jordan, Without Remorse. Uh, I'm going to jump in first, Ken, because I'm going to be Please. very quick with this one. Um, this movie is essentially a generic stew of all other, other military-based um, movies. Um, I, I, I'm usually a big fan of Tom Clancy's stuff. Like I love the Jack Ryan series, you know, the old stuff, even the recent TV show. Um, I like the video games very much. So like Splinter Cell, Ghost Recon, Rainbow Six, all of that jazz. Um, but it's, it can be like quite dry, but at least, you know, that it gives off great performances when it comes to, you know, the, the, the talent that they acquire for these, uh, these Tom Clancy programs. Um, Basic premise of Tom Clancy's uh, Without Remorse. It, it stars Michael G. Bo- uh, Michael G. Borden. Sorry, Michael <laughs> B. Go- <laughs> B. Jordan. Uh, he is a Navy SEAL, which I think he is a Navy SEAL. They don't actually say. He's he's in the Navy. Uh, he's on a mission to uh, collect a, f- a fellow army man. Oh, sorry, Navy man. Um, but he's not given full intel. When he gets there, he finds it's supposed to be in Afghanistan, but for some reason there's Russians there selling arms, uh, only to find out that when he comes home, everybody that was on that mission 
is subsequently targeted and murdered. He manages to survive, or unfortunately, his pregnant wife is killed in the crosshairs. Uh, he it goes on a rage and he goes on a mission to seek revenge by all and any means necessary. And there is a greater conspiracy at foot. And there isn't a greater conspiracy. The conspiracy is very basic. The person that he worked for basically wanted to set off a war. And he thought this was the easiest way to do it. The most convoluted plan you can think of was by making it seem like Americans were committing atrocities against Russian soldiers and Russian soldiers committed atrocities against American soldiers on American soil. Let's go to war. And it's like... Mm. Yeah, I get it in thingy, but it's like you didn't, you lot didn't even do it with any kind of class or intelligence. Um, this movie thinks it's smart. It's really dumb. That one specific scene is where he thinks he's like he's being smart by getting some intel, right? He goes to this Russian embassy, and there he believes there's somebody in there. I don't know how because the audience is not told that has the information that of the person that killed his wife. Because one dude that broke into his house just about managed to survive. Now he gets himself really, really drunk, pours himself with liquor to try and confuse the security guards and say, oh, it's just, it's just a drunkard. And he basically walks away and waits in a car, which we don't know how he got this tow truck. There's a tow truck that is used later. Uh, he just appears with a tow truck and he sees the uh, diplomat walk out, get into security car, which for some reason only has one other car for security. So it's essentially the diplomat and one security car. Okay, cool. What makes it dumb is that one, he didn't necessarily need to even approach the security guards because from his vantage point, he could literally still watch them come out, get into the car. That whole interaction of him pouring liquor on itself, I think was them trying to say, oh, he's using misdirection to make, to uh, confuse the security guards, getting close. He didn't, even, this movie literally established he had no reason to get close. Now this magical tow truck he's got, he is chasing down the diplomat diplomat and his one security car down the motorway or the freeway in america uh calls up um emergency services and claims that hey this guy in this car this is the license plate um i don't know he seems to be dodgy i'm pretty sure i saw a gun uh, you know i don't want to be that guy but you know maybe somebody should do it by it they get pulled over the dumb thing about that is that and i know this for a fact diplomats vehicles have diplomat licenses the moment that pings they can't the police can't do anything it's called diplomatic immunity so that was dumb and he proceeds that right by the airport he crashes into them pours petrol all over the car sets it alight and it is burning could blow up at any moment and just kill him he jumps in to have a very lengthy conversation whereby even the Russian diplomat is a bit dumb where I would think, give me your, the information as soon as possible because you're going to burn to death, right? No, they want to take their time. This car doesn't blow up yet. But gets the information, comes out, gets arrested, and now he's in prison for committing a crime. Then they think, hmm, do you know what? This is a guy with nothing to, to, to live for. Maybe we can use him to complete our mission. Not to mention the fact that they got tons of actually qualified Navy SEALs where they can relay that information to say, no, 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 we're going to use this deranged. Yeah, yeah. Tony, before you continue, before you yeah. continue, um, I, I'm, I'm totally with you with this. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I keep, like, throughout the entire film, I kept on asking myself, because some of these scenes, as idiotic as they, they, they seemed, even the fight scenes at a prison, um, yeah. I kept on asking myself, 
does the rule of cool apply here? Because some of these scenes are genuinely cool. Like him jumping into the car, it burning around. I was like, yo, that's that's pretty sick. But the uh... lead up to that, the lead up to that was was was, was a bit silly. But I'm like, all right, cool. Mm, it's a bit silly. It's a bit I, dumb. Can I? Can I? Can I? Yeah, yeah. We're we're in full agreement, Tony. Yeah, yes, I didn't even it think is. it was cool. I think there was only yeah, two yeah, cool no. moments. We're, well, yeah, and, like I'm like I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, given that scene and given like how interesting it was, it may not be the coolest, but I thought it was a bit interesting for sure. Mm. Like, is it excusable? Because we excuse some dumb shit in, in, in other films as well, major yeah. films. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if does does that apply here? And I've been debating it because. You had that scene in the car. You had a scene where he um, realized his laptop wasn't working at the beginning and he was sneaking his way through the house, taking out guys yeah. with the flashlight, um, turn it off when he when he shoots. Like, yeah. Even the scene like in the prison and the fight scene, I was like, all right, cool. This is it's kind of cool. But then dumb things happen in, in that scene where yeah. like he incapacitated, incapacitated two or three of them and yeah. then they close the door. He's telling me these guys with, with belts and everything, he didn't tie them up. He had no string. Yeah. Why didn't they wake up and just beat him, uh, beat him up? Like, you know, there were so many silly things that are happening. It, Do you know it, what it, I would add to that to scene? Have cool scenes. Do you know what I would actually add to that scene? And granted, you're Next right. Steps. It's it's not not even that. It's actually something far more simpler. But it would actually completely negate the whole scene. You you do have a point, right? Sometimes we do let things slide because they just you know that 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 was dope. That was cool. Problem I have is that anytime the movie itself does a subsequent scene to let you know that, yeah, we didn't even have to do that, right? A good editor, a good director will will have a setup, even as dumb it is, because we've watched some dumb movies, but they wouldn't, within their own fiction, make it obsolete. So a perfect example is the tow truck scene, right? He didn't have to approach the security guards to get his information. He knew he was looking for. The guy walked out the same way anyway. He could have literally stayed in his tow, tr- tow truck and followed him and i don't think him watching us watching him pour liquor over his head was a particularly cool scene or clever scene it just came off a bit why you yeah i'm hard yeah yeah it just for me and it came off dumb like uh going back to the prison scene because that's one of the two cool scenes that i I think i was in this film so for me it was the prison scene and the end scene where he was completely surrounded and he he managed to get his team out and he had to survive really dope director scenes right problem with the prison scene is that again something in real life they would have thrown tear gas up in that place they wouldn't have gone yeah. in just with riot shields. Like even if they did and failed initially, they sent another wave. And I think to myself, like, no, nobody's got tear gas here. Nobody has got um st- a stun grenade. Anything. Even like rubber a, bullets a, a, aside, a taser. right? Right, a taser at least. But no, we don't have any of that. We have the state of the art technology to keep you locked in, but to protect well, ourselves. They, as did a, the, they did the Power Ranger thing as well. Yeah, like you attack them. You know, one by one, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I could just <laughs> imagine came one by one. I could just this imagine the shirtless. situation. Have, have you seen? Have you seen the um this this show that JCV uh, Jean Claude Van Damme uh made a few years ago? It was supposed to be on Amazon. It didn't last long. It was called JCVD, and it was a spoof. Like he was an ex agent of something, and yeah, he retired. And the opening scene, like, it's hilarious. He infiltrates this Russian base and you actually see the guys say, hey, hold on, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? He turns to his friends like, we don't go all in at the same time. We have to go in one at a time, you know? We don't we want to <laughs> we don't want to accidentally hit each other. It's like, oh, do you know what? Right. You're so right. right. And that was so hilarious. Reason. 
I'm gonna actually try and find that and watch that again. But um, so yeah, dumb. this movie, this movie was 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 fine. It's, it wasn't offensive. It's just one of those ones. If if we wasn't living in this world of um, you know, the 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 dominance of Netflix and Amazon and the pandemic and not being able to go to the cinema, this movie would be straight to DVD. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um, you don't have to rush to watch this whenever you can. Just turn on your Amazon and and put it on. That's all I have to say on that one. I don't well, know. Do you have anything to add on it? I mean, there, there was a couple of well, there's one scene in particular. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. try and keep it short. Um, is when his wife got killed, right? Yes. That that scene, like it, it felt weird. It felt weird. It really. Like, did. I'm not saying it was. A, I, I didn't say. I'm not saying it was a bad scene or whatever. I'm just like mm-hmm. it just felt weird because usually what I'm used to is that there's a big uh, battle before the loved one gets killed or whatever. Right. Or there is, a, a, you see their face, you see their fear, you see something of them. Literally, my man rolled in, pop, 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 pop gone, dead. Yeah. Like, nothing. This woman had maybe three scenes. Then after that scene, even though her body was, quote unquote, present in the scene, you yeah. didn't even see her. She yeah. died almost off, off camera, even the yeah. camera was on her. Like, it was so uh, they, heartless they to the point them. where I didn't, I didn't feel anything for it because it happened so quick. I was like, oh, obviously Michael B. Jordan got up there and replaced it with pillows and his wife is at the back. No, yeah. she just got blasted. And I was like, oh, they, they, they could have stretched that a bit longer or at least built up a more emotional attachment um, uh, for the wife through the scene because it just they, they could have been shooting a plank of wood and I wouldn't have noticed. There, there was no emotional uh, uh, aspect to the death. Only when he... Um, was crying when he was clutching at the the pillows, which you didn't even see her, yeah. and the tear that you saw when he was in a hospital bed. Yeah. Um. And the only other thing I would say about the film that I thought was mm-hmm. a bit interesting, um, everyone got targeted from his team, mm-hmm. except for the black lady. She yeah. was there. She was there. It's because she got promoted. Honestly, that like, oh no, she's too hot to, Ken, to, to to attack. Not to be not to be a dick about this, right? Um. Oh. This is one of the things in the film that really, really pissed me off. Missed opportunity, right? They could have done a G.I. Jane uh, kind of situation and made a statement. Now, Ken, do you know? Do you do you know that why that character should have been significant? That black woman. Uh, no, no, why? Okay, so one, uh, her character is actually related to another character in the Tom Clancy series. Um, do you know Greer from? Um, from Jack Ryan, the black guy in Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So that's his that's his niece, um, okay. which they kind of treat like a passing thing. And the thing on top of that is she's supposed to be a, a Navy SEAL. Now, the unfortunate thing about that is that in real life, there has never been a female Navy SEALs ever in real life. Right. Now, you would think... You're making a statement that like, yes, true, this is fiction, but we're going to do our own thing. And in, in our world, there's a female Navy SEAL, but you don't even make that a point. You don't even highlight that in any way. It's just kind of like possible. The worst thing about that is that I, I only, I'm only familiar with that actress from other stuff like this uh, sci-fi show that I watched a few years ago called, um, uh, I forgot what it was called, but it was brilliant. And she was really good in it. This movie does nothing with her. Uh, the material yeah, yeah. is bad, and through that, her performance is for performance is bad in it. So you've took a, you've taken something that could have been very empowering, the idea of a maybe possibly the first female Navy SEAL, um, but you've done absolutely nothing with it with the material, 
anything. Some of the lines I mean, that you give her are dumb as crap. They, they gave her one good line and then they just kind of like toss it to the side. What, go- like what the, good the line, line was that? The one good line was like, oh, do, do you think he's ready to, to join the team or get in battle? And she was like, yeah. no, he's not in the right mindset. Like, yeah. And I know that was light. That's just not like a groundbreaking or oh, amazing writing. But yeah. it was a thing where I was thinking the exact same thing. This guy literally just pulled up to an airport yeah, poured gasoline on it. Like this guy isn't in the right state of mind, and no. my guy was like, "Yes, yes, yeah. sign him up." I'm like, but she was right. And then he was a bit funny about. He's like, "So you don't have my back?" I was like, "What? You're psychotic, did you not see what bro!" You just did. Bro, you, didn't you just trap everyone from coming into the building by barring it to because you want to kill this guy yourself? Like, remember when he like uh, um, broke the door so no one yeah. could get in behind him? Like, oh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm not surprised because obviously he's not in the right mindset. So yeah, it's, thing, it's yeah. So that's the only dumb. good part that she had. Yeah, like no, what's the reason? But they completely got shitted on because everyone's like, "That's a nice suggestion. We're going to do things my way." Clearly, she has PTSD, and they've done nothing with it. The, the the going back to your point about his wife and the killing of his wife, and she pretty much had a few few lines. Have you have you heard of the term fridging? No, what's that? So fridging uh, is a is a term used to refer to like the main character is actually often like considered quite sexist, but the main character often being male comes home to find his wife dead or murdered. And that will be the motivation. Like the character only exists to be dead and that's it. So do you know where the actual term came from? It actually came from 1994 issue of Green Lantern, whereby uh, the main character comes home to find uh, the, his arch nemesis, um, in his home and his wife shoved into a fridge dead and since that point anytime you see like a character where the main characters either his motivation or some of his background is surrounding dead wife um is is considered fridging like and it's unfortunate it's like not to say lauren london type type stuff or punisher punisher and mortal Kombat, man yeah yeah like you know punish punisher is notorious for for fridging but obviously they also fridge the kids but it's often like you know fridging of the wife that's the the common one and it's unfortunate um because it's it's this this movie is just trope after trope after trope cliche after cliche and maybe that's how the book was and apparently that's one of his most successful books which i don't really understand why if this is the material that's come from it maybe some things are lost in translation but this movie is a pass for me i mean you know what? There's one thing that always runs through my mind when it comes to um, these types of films or even shows. Um, and one question I always ask myself, I'm going to ask you, um, I have a rough idea about it, but I want to ask you, do you think because there's been so many uh, shows, TV shows or mm-hmm. bits of media that fit so many of the tropes that it, it it's a victim of retelling something that it may have been a pioneer of in some aspect but because there's been so many people either getting inspiration from your work or from other works that are very similar mm-hmm. that it now becomes now looks generic you know what i mean that's an and interesting question that's, and that's part and i think that's partly what's happening because if this is one of the best books then i'm i'm, I'm trying to figure out when did this actually come out then the, the actual book because a lot of the the tropes in this tv show uh, sorry in this film is something that i've seen before mm-hmm. and it doesn't really do anything brand new with it but maybe that's uh, uh, the curse of this type of uh, film because you want to tell it story like you know I've seen 
and, but you can't do anything with it. You try and do something with it. All the people are going to say is like, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, it's yeah. just like that. It's not really innovating the, the genre. Like, yeah. yeah, you've told the same story a hundred times. You even said it earlier on in this podcast. Yeah. And I agree with you. How do you break away from that? How do you define yourself or stand out when everything, the story that you're trying to tell is yeah. just like everyone else's story? I think you, that's an interesting point to make. Um, and this is probably the last point that I'm going to make on this, but this is how I think it is, right? So to your point, imagine you make something and it's early on and because of all of the inspirations that you've kind of led to by the time that's update uh, um that's uh, um adapted it kind of looks cliche par se this has been done right i think what it comes down to is not the source material the source material is the source material right it's it's cemented itself in time you can always refer to it and if anybody says like well that sounds like this movie and you say no 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 well this came out way before that the problem is is the adaptation right and that's the mistake that a lot of creators, directors, writers have is that now if you were to take something that has been copied to death and you want to adapt it, you find a way to make your adaptation unique. Same way like something like John Wick that by rights is cliched as all F is wrote to some degree. It found its own niche by saying that, hey, this is different because of X. One, his main motivation is because his dog died, his companion died. Now you can think, and I remember seeing the marketing for this, is like, that sounds silly. But when you watch the film, it's an earnestness. This guy that has suffered loss, technically not really suffering fridging because his wife died of natural causes. But again, she's used as a plot point for his grief. But he has found hope within the dog. His dog is taken away from him by an impetuous kid. And that's when he seeks revenge that's something at least unique now you could say everything else about it being like you know this slick action movie is a trope but it found its own unique um unique hook because i can't think of any other movie where a guy goes on a murderous rampage because his dog died can you not that i can think of no there we go the thing with so, without remorse yeah you can't necessarily change the source material but you could probably add things there where you've taken your own skill your own creative eye and say hey i can twist this and make people think because with all of these adaptations like jack ryan for example right the tv show it's a loose adaptation of the books because granted there's loads of books and there's loads of movies that's come before it and the varying degrees of quality but all of those actors have performed in their own way. All of those movies have been executed in the same way. They don't even look the same visually. Some of them are more action-y. Some of them are actually more cerebral. And the show itself took its own tact where it found a healthy balance. But you are, you're, you're benefiting from the charm of John, Krasin John Krasinski. You have a charming actor. So you adapt the writing to fit him. You don't say, hey, we want you to be super serious because that's how Jack Ryan is in the book. We know you're charming. We know you're funny. So we're going to give you some of that John Krasinski magic. And guess what? It creates endearment. It might not be original in the whole sense but it gives you something that's originally entertaining at least that you can say, I'm getting something different here. It might not be the yeah. whole thing that's different. It's at least something that is keeping me saying, I am not treading old ground. Yeah. Like you said, originally entertaining. I like what you, what you, like what you meant by that. Yeah. Because you see it, like I said, in John Wick, in Wick you've seen it in all these films. You see mm. it in uh, superhero films. Yes. Uh, let's not like uh, Winter, uh, the Winter Soldier film. 
because uh, we keep getting back into it, mm-hmm. uh, arguably one of the best films from the MCU. Um, we we know it's a it's it's uh, it's a it's a very uh, what, what do you say? It's by the numbers, superheroes. Like by the numbers. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's by the numbers. However, the thing that I love so much about it was the emotional side of it. Yeah, like the characters push the characters. Yeah, like when these people get into into their acting jobs or into acting mm-hmm. roles. If I if I see Michael B. Jordan or like Chris Evans or any other uh, actor that I know is a good actor, yeah, I'm partly holding on for that. I've seen yeah. films that have a low budget, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's one of the best films I've ever seen because of the character. You know, give the character, uh, yeah, I would give the character a brand new, uh, innovative motivation, like mm-hmm. you know, killing killing a dog, or kidnapping uh, his daughter, you know, yeah. Taken style, or. You give me character, man. Just give yeah. me more character. Give me character. Because give me, you can me tell good me writing. The same story. There we go. Yeah, like, give me good character writing. I'll, I'll take character writing. I think that's that's where I'm leaning more towards. Yeah, give me more better character writing, and I, I'll be pleased. Like you can shoot. You could be like the old John Woo type films, just shooting a million bullets. You know, doves flying everywhere. You know, like I, I don't care. Yeah, give me good. Give me good character. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I want to say on it. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so this is the main event, people. We are here to talk about the finale of Invincible. We're not going to get too deep into it because it's very simple. I'll give you the premise of what happens in the very uh, last episode of Invincible. So we've led up to this point where you have Omni-Man, who's uh, suspected of killing the Guardians of the Globe. uh, Guardians of the Globe. And at this point, everybody besides Mark knows. Now, this is the opportunity that uh, Omni-Man has taken to say, hey, son, I can't. I can't lie to you anymore. I need to tell you the truth. Um, all of my backstory that I've told you uh, before about my people uh, wasn't necessarily uh, on the up and up. Uh, we are like, you know, a utopia, but we kind of had to go through a semi-genocide to get there. Not only semi, well, like most of our people died, but the ones that were left are the best of the best. We are survival of the fittest the people if you was to take the idea of evolution and survival of the fittest in the dictionary there wouldn't even be words next to it it would just be a vulturemite that's what we are um and vulturemite sorry but as he's saying this he's also peppering the fact that yeah no i killed the guardians of the globe um your mum didn't really mean anything to me i kind of landed here i had to learn a few things to, to integrate but I didn't really need to. I was only here to kind of soften the blow. We're going to take over. I need your help. You are my son. But don't get it twisted, though. I will kill you and I'll make another one of you. And he proceeds to completely destroy Mark. And Mark puts up a fight. He gives him some blows. He he makes him bleed he a couple of times. Any fight. Hey, if you can this make Omni-Man bleed, I, I give you respect. If you can make Omni-Man bleed, I give you respect. That's all I can say, right? And he oh, gave him man. one right hook and Omni-Man bled. Enough to be pissed off to say like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, you, you think you're a big man now, yeah? I'm going to give oh, you big man love blows. Tap, man. That was nothing. Oh, yeah. he got... He got rearranged. He got what I like to call African education. Um, oh my God. That wasn't even the worst part of it, man. Yes, he got hurt. Yeah. But not just physically. Emotionally. emotionally. He was like, his dad was like, all right, cool. If you ain't going to learn, let me hold you in front of this motherfucking train. Yeah. And dismantle the train. Oh my Lord. Like he literally, by teaching, he, he thought that the way to teach him, so he's trying to teach him is like, hey, 
uh, we live for, for forever, essentially. Like the older we get, the slower we age, right? I'm I'm like a thousand years old at this point. <sighs> These people don't mean anything. The only thing that matters is the Vilshamite Empire. We need to get it ready. Forget these people. Your mum, your friends, they're going to be dead and it's going to be a blip in your life. And when Mark doesn't get it and Mark is crying and he's trying to um, kind of advocate for humanity to his dad, so to speak, but also kind of advocate for his father's humanity. And his dad's like, oh, you're just you're just not getting it. You are not actually learning from my words. Okay, let me see you if you learn from my actions. I am going to take you by the neck. By the neck, I'm going to put you in front of this train, and you're going to not only watch this train crash, you're going to watch every single person wrap around you like butter through a hot knife. There will be so much blood that essentially you're going to see that these are just meat bags. They don't mean anything, and you just see it fully rendered body limbs chunks everywhere flapping there's one scene absolutely brilliantly done where uh he gets knocked through a building and the building's about to collapse and he is doing everything in his power to stop the building from falling there's a family uh still in the building which i think there should be more than one family but for the sake of this animation shot there's one family the mu- the mum crashes through the window gets cut up a little bit by the glass which is like a great detail which they didn't necessarily have to do i, I can imagine even in live action they kind of forego that um and he grabs onto it and the little girl's there only for the whole building to just crash around him and when he comes to He's still holding onto her hand, but nothing else but her hand. Such a powerful moment. And his dad kind of uses that as another moment to say, like, see, it does it doesn't matter. Like, chill out. And it caps off the episode whereby the dad is so frustrated that he's he's, he's just given up. He's just saying, like, I've I've beaten you a little bit. I've talked to you, I've shown you, and you don't get it. I'm just gonna beat you up now. That's it. Like, and, and on, on top of that, while I'm beating you up like tenderized meat for Sunday roast, I'm going to let you know your mom didn't mean anything to me. If anything, with what I've got going on, she's kind of just kind of like a pet, you know, it's just something that I kept around, you know, for shits and giggles. And could you could you imagine between gurgles of blood and tears what he could be thinking? Yeah. Hearing all of that. Um, the question yeah. that I want to ask you and I have an answer for it. Yes. But uh, I, I want to hear what you think about it. Mm. And be absolutely honest because I have a, a good idea about it. Yes. Is Omni-Man a good dad? Is Omni-Man a good dad? Um, now, it, 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 this, it, it all depends what you consider a good dad. And I think this is a great jumping off point to the, the later topic that take, I wanted to get into. Take, 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 it how, take it how you want to take it. So, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a couple of things to say about it, but I want to hear what you say first. In terms of the idea of actually having a well-adjusted son like Mark, right? I don't know necessarily that's been 100% from his mum's doing or his a combination of his dad doing, but there was love there. Even if it was ill-conceived, Mark was loved by his father. And I think on a basic level, that makes a good dad. His actions obviously are contrary to that, but this is one moment in an entire life, right? So for me... Omni-Man is a good dad, but a terrible, terrible person. I'm not going to even say terrible human because he's not human. He's Viltrumite. But if he was human, I can say to his son, he loved his son. He didn't want to do this to his son. In his twisted logic, he feels justified. 
he feels like, well, I'm not measuring on human standards. I'm measuring on Vilchamite standards. And if it was on Vilchamite, I would have just killed you because guess what? I don't see you as even fit, but I love you because you're my son. And I'm going to give you the chance because I see potential in you. So I rest on that yeah. he is a good father, just not a terrible entity. And not a, a terribly good entity. Yeah. Um, he's a bad father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, he, now this... He, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you carry on, this goes back to the yeah. argument that we had last week about Amber. And bear in mind, Ken, I have asked two women, two women, basically breaking down the whole Tony, event. So thinking, we're not doing this right now, bro. We're not doing we're it right now, right now, but they sided bro. with me and said that Amber is the problem in that situation. Mark wasn't a bad boyfriend. I rest my bro. case. I rest my case. Tony, bruv, if we're going to do this now, bro, <laughs> I didn't say Amber was good or bad or whatever. Mark wasn't I a bad boyfriend. I hold down my statement to say no. that he was a bad boyfriend. No, no, Simple no. Simple no. no, no, no. Okay, cool. It's happening. So, Tony, <laughs> what did Mark do that made him such a great boyfriend? Not a superhero. Not, yeah. no, not someone that is a goodwill that's trying to do right by yeah. by, by, by hero standards. Yeah. What makes him a good boyfriend? What did he do that was that was so good? He was there. He cared about her. He showed her love. He gave her that. He wasn't thangy. there, bro. He gave her that thang a thang. <laughs> he wasn't there, bro. And I'm not talking about the time when he allegedly got hit by a bus. He yeah. wasn't there, bro. No, but okay, cool. He wasn't a good uh, he wasn't a, he, I'm not uh, saying that Amber Abel was without fault. Yeah. No, I, w- I wouldn't say Amber was at fault. No, she was a bit too aggy yeah. and she was up in her emotions for sure. But in terms of what an archetype like person that is meant to care for you and yeah. how you're meant to be, Rav, he looked like a deadbeat boyfriend, to be I, honest. I, he like, looked like it. He looked like it. And right, all, uh, the girls, these two girls that I asked, they even said like, if she didn't know fully, 100%, he's a, he's a bad boyfriend. The context of her knowing, they said like, they can't back her on that. Same way for me. I will concede this, right? From your perspective, and I'll concede you the point, he's not an amazing boyfriend. Is he a bad boyfriend in a court of law, Ken? I will not be able to back that jury. That, he's that, not a bad boyfriend. Uh, he, you know, he, I mean, he, we, he wasn't a great boyfriend. I will give you that. I wouldn't say he was a bad boyfriend. That's all I can say. That was my argument uh, from the beginning. No, now we're now we're changing. Now we're bro, <laughs> let's not get into it. No, because now we're changing definitions and things. I wasn't even trying to argue about whether it was good or bad. Like, bro, like, you said he Amber was bad. Even... I disagree. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm okay, saying. Okay, that's sem- that's semantics then, because what my definition of bad it seems to be your definition of n- not great. He was possible. He was he was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was ah, Tony. <laughs> he Rav, was that guy. Moving on. Moving on. All right, we're, All right. we're moving on. So yeah, um, you think yeah. you so, think that oh, Omni Man was Omni-Man, a bad dad? He, he was a bad dad. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you that, that you're he... wrong about that. I cannot tell you that you're wrong about that. Well, that's that's the one. Yeah. Um, like about what I'm trying to say about mm-hmm. it because um, it doesn't mean he's a he's a he's a good dad. Like, mm-hmm. and this is the whole thing about being a parent. Yeah. There are so many things that you do right. Yes. But because you either overlook something, because, you know, you're not watching it uh, properly or because your morals are not matching up to your child's morals that are now being created over time. Yes. You miss something. Mm-hmm. You miss something and then something starts to spiral out of uh, ways. Something that you can control sometimes. Most of the times you can't control. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're on the opposite side of your son punching him out. Mm-hmm. Like something happened in the news recently where um, a kid froze to death. Yes. Because um, I don't know if you saw on Instagram or on the news, a, a kid throws froze to death because um, there was some something crazy happened, and then yeah. the, the son, I think the son, got into a car crash, and then the dad blamed it because the kid was smoking weed. Apparently, right, a nineteen-year-old kid, 
And what did the dad do? He kicked him out of the house. Like, no, you're not staying here tonight. Get mm-hmm. out. Uh, the kid was found frozen in yeah. a park or something. You know, uh, I don't know where he was, but he got found, found frozen dead because yeah. he didn't go anywhere. He stayed out in the cold and he died. Yeah. And that is absolutely horrible. And that's another example of like, okay, cool. Was he really a bad dad? Was he a good dad? Yeah. It was a horrible situation that could have been prevented. Yes. Um, emotions got so high and then something mad happened. And I saw the same thing with Omni-Man and Mark where conversations or or certain things should have happened sooner. And that's what I meant about things that may have been prevented or some things you don't even see blindsiding you. Yes. Because yes, Mark grew up as a more rounded uh, individual by our standards, right? Yes. Not by the Viltrumite standards. So in terms of him being a good human dad, Mm -hmm. oh, he ticked all the boxes, even though he wasn't being fully truthful, which Mm -hmm. we're going to get into in a second. But being a good uh, Viltrumite a Viltrumite person mm-hmm. or dad, he, he was a bit shit because yeah. when you think about it, when someone is a, a Viltrumite, mm-hmm. <coughs> when someone is a Viltrumite, you know that this was always going to be the end game. Yeah. They conquer worlds. It's a wrap, right? Why are you waiting all these years after your son has developed his mind, his morals, lived with these people, mm-hmm. you know, Maybe because his, uh, his powers didn't kick in. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Maybe that's why he delayed it. But then how do you think your son was going to react when you dump all of this on his head yeah. after he saw you massacre someone, that uh, uh, the immortal man, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, massacre the... someone. Yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, the immortal. The immortal. Yeah. Massacre the immortal. Hearing all the stuff about the Guardians, like he's not in the right... Mark is losing his He's losing his shit. Yeah. And this is when you want to try and be like, all right, cool. I'm going to teach you life lessons now. What? Yeah. That's like me waking up one day, my dad was being like, okay, cool. Everything that you learned is wrong. Two plus yeah. two equals five. Like your maths degree, like oh, your maths qualifications mean nothing. Like yeah. your job means nothing. Like what? You just ruined, you just dropped this entire bo- and you expect me to take it and say, yeah. yes, dad. He didn't build up to this over the years. That's mm-hmm. what I mean about you. You 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 miss this stuff, mm-hmm. um, and and I see it with uh, sometimes my parents and other people's parents that can that can relate to this, where like, you know, some some of my friends' parents and we joke about it nowadays, mm-hmm. where our parents get at us for not knowing the language mm-hmm. that uh, that are that we're meant to know. It's yeah. like what? What do you mean? Like I'm not saying our parents have done you know are, are the worst parents. No, no, they've done amazing, great things. They've raised kids in a very hot like troubling area yeah but then all of a sudden you're getting at them or annoyed at them kind of like only man getting annoyed not yeah. to the point where you're beating them up for not knowing the language but getting annoyed of your child not getting something yeah that you should have taught them yeah and that's what i saw with omni man yeah like omni man you can't expect mark to get it this is the first time he's seen this it would have been better if he even waited mm-hmm. if he waited until mark turned 500 mm-hmm. until mark turned 1000 it's like oh you get it now it means nothing. Oh, the girl that you was pining over, Amber. Yeah. yeah, she died. Her descendants, her lineage of 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 who she is, is gone. Yeah, like he could have waited till then, but no, he wanted to tell him this now and ruin his entire mind, bro. Yeah, how else was Mark gonna react? So it's the the sins of the father in the sense that you're not teaching your son at the right time, and right. that is. And I'm not trying to say that you know. I'm, I'm, I'm a dad and I know best. Bro, this, I know this stuff is not easy. This mm-hmm. stuff is not easy. And you never know when your worst nightmares of your child will come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Unless you're fully like omnipresent with this. Unless you Omnipresent, really eh? And that, and that Omni-man is, was an omnipresent. Thank you, thank you. I'm here all night. <laughs> but you know, there, there is no way to know 
uh, uh, fully. And it, it's just depressing to see that conflict between Omni-Man and Mark because like, oh, I, I see it. Yeah. I see what you wanted and I understand Omni-Man's frustration. Yeah. But he is the uh, Arbinger, like he's the person that created that situation. Right. And he couldn't expect Mark to be, you know, all like, because it, it, what scenario does is Mark like, hmm, I get it. I see what you're saying. Let's dust out and take over this world. In what situation is Goku doing that when he's lived his entire life as a I, human? And I got to tell you something, Ken. Thing. Yeah. Wait for at least season three for that answer. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's all I you know can what I mean? say. Like, <laughs> but, you know, going back to the whole thing of like, is he a good dad? Well, boy, it's complicated. It is. It is. But, you know, he, 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 didn't, he didn't teach his son when he's supposed to teach him. He right. didn't tell his son when he's supposed to tell him. Yeah. You know, he dropped a big emotional like anvil it's the equivalent of PTSD and anxiety yeah. all rolled up into one of like, course how do, how do you expect someone to be with you on a point if they've lived their entire life seeing In, you at just one point of time right. and now you're the direct opposite of what he believed right nah come on you can't and he started putting hands on him I'm like oh man he didn't put he didn't put hands on him he put all the hands on him then he put fist oh, on him then he put elbow on him then he just put a building on him he put, oh. <laughs> he put people like, on everywhere him. he took him he beat him severely uh, at the same time killing people along the way yeah. remember when he chucked him into that mountain and it yeah. was an avalanche then people got ruined people yeah. were dead they're buried just to try and teach Mark a point and put uh, and beat him to like so yeah like what i will say mark did swing first that's that's the difference right there mark did swing first i think omni man was a bit proud of him when he swung i first. think i think he, he was like, oh, proud of him i think he was proud of him they're trying but you have that's to... remnants of him being viltrumite yeah because viltrumites you meant to fight to survive and him swinging yeah. first like oh maybe yeah. maybe you are my son i think he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten that beating if he didn't swing first because i can say one thing omni man just spoke he was just speaking it wasn't something that mark wanted to hear but he was only speaking sometimes parents let me get into something ken right and i want to have a discussion of you know good good and bad fathers right this is going to be uh, my history and my relationship with my dad so from the youngest time i've always remembered of having mostly a really great relationship with my dad he took me out to a park that was right in front of my uh building um he used to take me to play football bike riding uh, when he come home, he was he was a teacher like yourself. He he taught uh, French, and uh, I remember like you know he'll come home. He asked me to take off his shoes, and it wasn't like an order or anything like that. It's just you know he was very tired, and that was kind of like our weird bonding. Sit me next to him, we'll watch the football. He even like try to play like video games with me. Like I have a very distant memory of that. Like asking him for a Sega Mega Drive. And I wanted like the whole Sega uh, Mega Collection, Mega 2 Collection with the Sega CD. And when the order came in, I only got the Mega Drive and thinking, wait, where's the rest of it? It's like, what, you thought I was going to be paying £400, yeah? <laughs> right, no, right. <laughs> I, I paid I pay £200 and you got the Sega Mega Drive. And I was like, crazy thing is, it's like at the end of it with my six game, six game pack, I, I, I loved it and I loved him for getting me, uh, getting me that. Um, but the thing, there's things that happen in between, right? Um, now I'm about to really spill some tea, people. So if you have any uncomfortability about, you know, real life, then you can switch off now, watch, listen to another podcast. I'm about to get real. Um, when I was about four or five years old, my mom was pregnant with twins. And my dad comes home 
and I remember the whole scenario. He was coming. It was a really rainy day. He used to have this like canary yellow trench coat, uh, and he was completely soaked. He was coming in. My mum. I was there with my mum. She was completely upset. The reason why she was upset is because the week before, um, I saw my dad making out with another woman, and I told my mum, and heavily pregnant, extremely emotional. She's just there sitting in silence. Uh, with me he comes home comes into the bedroom thinking everything's okay I walk out well I'm asked to walk out uh, the worst thing about it wasn't any screaming or arguing it was just dead silence it was eerie it was kind of the silence was deafening as they say um, and it led to a miniature breakup in a relationship he was kicked out of the house they reconciled unfortunately my mum uh, lost the twins uh, but my dad was still there he he never left uh they resolved their situation um a few times he was caught slipping again and led to separations uh until eventually when i was about 12 years old things kind of fully ended when i say fully relationships are com complicated but he left to go back to africa he wanted uh he had dreams and aspirations of becoming a uh, politician but it's one of those ones in that first initial moment, you can't help to think back to all of the good times, the good relationship moments. But every so often there's the bad times that slip in. For example, uh, I used to have this friend, I uh, won't mention names, but we used to play football together. And uh, uh, we had like this really cheap wind floater, wind floater ball, kind of like a beach ball. Uh, kicked it in his eye and he ran home to his mom to pretend that I blinded him in his eye. He came over to, his, to my house with, with his mom and she was very, very upset, justifiably so. Your son comes in and tells you that you've been, bl been blinded. He's milking it, of course, but benefit of the doubt. That's what she's giving him. Uh, my dad, I don't, I still to this day never really understood it. I've never even actually addressed it with him. Uh, his response to it was to discipline me, but in a way that I didn't feel even at the time was justified. Smacked me so hard, I my head s slammed onto a commode and I passed out for a good like five, 10 seconds. That's the hardest he's ever hit me and ever hit me since that period of time. Um, and it's one of those ones that's always lingered with me. It's like, you know, they talk about childhood trauma. That's always lingered with me. But you, you kind of move on from that and, you know, your relationship gets better and like, you know, he treats you right. But every so often those, 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 those things that break in that it's like a combination of good and the bad. Right now to this day, my relationship with my dad is actually really good. I love my dad to bits. If, if it's one of those ones... If I ever got a phone call that he passed, he's actually still currently in Africa, I would cry like a baby. It will completely break my heart. But there's things in life, obviously, that you kind of think like, ah, that wasn't quite right. Another situation I can talk about was uh, when he came back to visit and we was having a conversation. This was a couple of years ago. Uh, we're out in Nando's and we're talking casually and he's like saying like, oh, life is good. Things are good. By the way, you got a six-year-old uh, sister out there. It's like, blah, 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 moves on. And like, ho, 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 hold on. Wait, what was that? So just to rewind right we're talking away and he quickly slips in that i have an eight-year-old sister that he apparently he's only been aware of for like two years well he say only two years he also says that he's been aware of for longer than that but he didn't believe the woman and i saw the picture of the little girl and i thought yeah that's your daughter that's your daughter bro <laughs> but I actually that was the first time in my life that i actually addressed my dad as a man in the sense that like i stopped him right there and I said to him, yo, um, this is not how two men have a conversation about something like this. I said those words verbatim. And he actually looked down. He apologized to me. And uh, we kind of carried on. 
but I was so devastated by that moment in time, the idea of having a eight-year-old sister who's probably about 10, 12 now. Uh, I still haven't met. Uh, it broke me to the point that I went to visit an old friend and I completely broke down in front of them. Uh, and that's the first time ever in my life where a relationship situation with my dad um, devastated me to that degree. Now, with watching Invincible and that finale, and I remember years ago when I actually read the end of that arc, I had the same similar feeling that I have most of the time when it comes to father-son relationships in, in media and in films and comic books or whatever, it hits me different because of my experience for maybe because of many people's experience with their with their father or their mother regardless you know sometimes there's things in life that hit you a different and when you see it kind of reflected it hits different right with the abuse with the lies with the cheats um but with the good and bads can i say my dad was a bad father for me no i can't i can't say my dad was a bad dad i think he was a flawed he is he is a flawed human being like we all are i'm flawed um and he's done some fuck shit did he love me does he love me? I think so. I believe so. I choose to believe so. Do I love my dad? Without a question. So that's me on that sense. Questions for you. Can you say the same for yourself? Like with your relationship? Obviously, we've had conversations, but not as deep. But, you know, actually, let me ask you this. From what I've told you, could you say as an outside uh, observer, would you say my dad is bad? Maybe not Omni-Man bad, but would you say he's a bad dad if you experience the same things? Um, it's it, it's complex, man. Mm -hmm. uh, as all things are, because there there are tick boxes that everyone that that a good parent has, and then there's the tick boxes that come after that of like, oh, it would be nice if they do that, and then there's even further ones like, oh, it would be super amazing if this happened. To 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 the basic level, your dad uh, uh did did right by uh you lot at least in the early stages. Mm -hmm. And it, it's the, well, something that I keep telling people, I've been saying this for years. I've been saying this for years and people need to listen to this very carefully. There is no such thing as an adult. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. There is no such thing as an adult. We're just kids with responsibilities. That's all we are. Whether we choose to accept those responsibilities or not, we are kids with responsibilities. I'm a teacher. I see it consistently where people are not doing right by their kids. If anything, when I look at them, I realize, oh, wow, you're just someone that just wants to live life. You're someone that is just have that young mentality of like, oh, man, the situation that I've chosen to be in by having kids. But I don't want to really deal with the stress that comes with it. So I think everyone is battling that even to the point where he didn't, your dad didn't really understand or he didn't realize that the time at that time when you lot were out would have been the perfect time to talk about you know and i can imagine him being quite stressed and quite you know worried and quite anxious about even saying anything because maybe he felt like he's disappointed you guys in the past and to add extra disappointment by telling you this stuff he thought let me just rip the band-aid off and just and tell you guys like mate we look up to our parents to be the most responsible to meant to be the people that know the things right all the time but then you know we fit we fail to sometimes realize that our parents are just us but older doesn't mean that they always know better they're just people that seem mature because when we were children they were mature and adults and doing things that we didn't know but as we approach the age where we know better about the world know better about ourselves know better about people around us we slowly realize that our parents 
are just big kids that mm-hmm. are still trying to figure stuff out. So when they make mistakes when we're young, it's a big thing. Yeah. It's big because it sticks with you when you're younger. Yeah. When they make big mistakes when they're older, it's kind of like, you know, it's it's hard to be a bit resentful. Yeah. It's like, why why didn't you do this? Why am I like this? Yeah. Did you know that this affected me in this way? Yeah. It's tough, man. Because once again, I said it earlier, I, I'm not the... I'm not the person that knows how to be a dad. I haven't, I'm not a dad yet. You know, I, I don't know how this stuff works. Yeah. But what I do know is that it is not easy. No, it is not easy. It's not you easy. You know, one person's love for their son. I, I cannot tell you if someone, like people can love someone, but be shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People can can be amazing, but not really have love for people. Like it, it's, yeah. it's just too complex. There is no, you know, proverbial, pr- pr- proverbial like, tick box to say oh this is what makes a great person that's what makes a great father or just, or just makes a great person yeah all we have is the feeling yeah like do i do i love this person yeah do i feel loved by this person can can like is that enough to look past some of the worst things mm-hmm. is that enough to look past the small things yeah is it enough for me to always be there for this person yeah is it enough for me to try and talk to this person before they pass away it's 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 it, a it, it, fascinating it's so thing, man. It's so complex because you know, got look like we 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 have problems. I've I've spoken to you about my problems just right now, um, but right. there's people out there that have far more overt problems within their relationship, right? What do you do right. when your dad is a convicted murderer? You know, maybe a serial killer. You love him to bits. He was there for every little league game. He loved you. He loved your mum. He 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 taught you things about respect and understanding. You yourself, you're a good person. But some things in him are slightly broken and led him to do certain things. And now he's incarcerated um, for, for a crime that he fully committed. And maybe he has remorse for it. Maybe he doesn't question is do you turn around and say that your dad was a bad dad can you can you say that with confidence can you say that with your chest um that's that's one of those ones it's for the individual i can't i can't speak to that i can only speak to what i've been through and like with all of the you know some of the the beatings that i've taken obviously you know we are african descent you know it's 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 uh unfortunate part of life that's it's corporal punishment you did something dumb Sometimes words didn't cut it, so they had to give you a little lick, lick behind your head, behind the ears, a little bit of a pulling. The worst one, the worst punishment I, I used to get when I was a kid, it was called something called uh, a genou, which is a which is a French term. Uh, essentially, they you sit up on your knees, but like you can't rest on your feet, so you're on the floor sitting on your knees and you have to stay up. And if you ever try, if you get tired and you flop down or you put your hand down, smack, you you smacked awake. And back up on your knees and you can be there for a whole hour and the worst one is basically your they'll know when your favorite show is on right both my mom and dad knew when my favorite show was on and they'll put it on loud volume but make me face the wall and it was just Mm. it was it was torture i'm not gonna try and act like you know uh i'm suffering some sort of ptsd off of this we um we use this word quite a bit this episode but it's like when you look back you kind of feel like oh <laughs> that still kind of stings that still kind of yeah, stings yeah. different i want to ask you a question ken it's a very important question uh yes. and i want you to dig deep and be honest with me i want full transparency at what age did you realize you can be up your dad <laughs> What age did I realize I could be up my dad? Yes. 
Hmm. You want to? Rim- I could. You want to ruminate on that and and get back to no, me? No, no, no. I've I've got it, man. I've got it. Yeah. Um, I I I knew at about sixteen. Yeah. You know, like that the, the late teens, the mm. late teens. I knew I could have him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I say have him, I, I don't mean like yeah, yeah. I, I was wanting it. I was wanting it. Yeah. Maybe in sometimes when I was, I was angry at him for sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, but but yeah, I, I knew from then, and it scared me. Yeah. It scared me. Yeah. It it scared me for a couple of reasons. The main reason it scared me is like this guy will die one day. Mm-hmm. I, as I'm getting stronger, he is getting weaker. Yeah. Yeah. It made me realize that okay, this this isn't forever. Yeah. Like it, it, like all that alpha shit went out the window. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I could. Have, like, and then all of a sudden, I realized, whoa, one day, I would potentially have to just take care of him. Like, yeah, you know, him and mum used to take care of me. Yeah, like this stuff will end. Yeah, it's coming for everyone, and it makes you realize what are you doing, mm-hmm. not just for them, but you know, for yourself, yeah, for, for your future kids, for for your family, yeah, because all of this is per- this all of this is temporary. Mm-hmm. Nothing is permanent. Yeah. And when 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 I had it, it genuinely scared me. Like when I when I could you know lift him, you know, because I tried to lift my dad few, like years ago, and I was yeah. like, well, I could actually lift him. He was always the giant in the house, right? Yeah. Like he was always the guy that can out sprint me as mm-hmm, a kid. Mm-hmm. Like he was always one that always knowledgeable, was better at maths than me. I'm a maths teacher. Yeah. The day that I surpassed my dad mathematically, it scared me. Yeah. Because you know it also encouraged me because I'm like, all right, cool. I'm now becoming. I'm now surpassing the man that raised me. Yeah. By me surpassing that man, is that now be- making me a better man? That I've, I've all the goals that he wanted to hit, or yeah. all the milestones that he hit that I've always been chasing. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking them out bit by bit. I'm, I'm taking them on. Like I'm, I'm passing the milestones. Yeah. And it gives me courage. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not an idiot. I'm actually growing. Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm actually growing into a man. Yeah. But then as I'm growing into a man, he's growing. Well, his growth is either stifling or slowing down. Yeah. He's shrinking to some degree, both physically and metaphorically in our mind's eye, you know, before we, we exactly. used to look up. Now, at some point, we, we look eye to eye, then we start looking down and not down in disrespect, but down as yeah, in yeah, like you protection, you know. And uh, It's funny because like everything you said is, is spot on. Like for me, the moment where I knew I could probably like, you know, I could I probably could probably go Omni Man on my dad when I was like seventeen, right? And he came back yeah. to visit, uh, and he's just checking me out. I said, oh, "Oh, oh, okay, okay." And he's like, "You know the thing that you know when you haven't seen an uncle in a very long time, and they give you little gropes up on your arms and stuff." My right, my right. dad did that to me, but he did it for way too long. Then he grabbed me and he tried to like you know give me a little shaky <laughs> shake to see how unmovable I was, and he found it a bit difficult. And I was like, "Yeah, right. nigga, yeah, you know what <laughs> yeah, this is about. Nigga. You know what this is about." But it's it's funny because the the um, idea of actually fighting him it's 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 uh, it's it's completely abhorrent to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't lay hands on my mom or my dad. Never. It's um, it's like to the to to the idea of like when I hear my dad's unwell, right? He's all the way out in Africa, and I hear that he's unwell. It bothers me. It 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 scares me. It um. It it. I'm about to get emotional. Let me stop myself. But it's like uh, I can't do anything about it. There's no proximity mm-hmm. there. You know, he, we have had a conversation. He's already told me, it's like, you know, I'm getting older. He's not that old, but, you know, he's uh, he's in his mid-60s. Uh, 
but you know when you're when you're not moving the same way it can scare you so we had a conversation and he said like he's muslim so he's told me if i if he was to pass don't bother getting on the plane i'll be in the ground before uh you even reach because they deal with things very very quickly uh especially in my country with 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 islam um so that that hit me different but i got it and um yeah no it's um it's it's one of those ones where i made i made a decision very uh quite quite a while ago uh when i kind of near the time where i realized i could be at my dad and the time where I can, I saw the frailty in my dad, and I made a promise to myself that uh, when I become a father, at no point will I ever, ever let this little kid think he can beat me up. No way, Ken. He's never gonna. <laughs> I am gonna stay strong. I'm gonna stay fit. I am gonna do everything. Oh <laughs> he is never gonna usurp my throne. I would be dominant for the rest of my life, and he will look up at me forever, Ken. Oh my god, my guy went full Omni Man. <laughs> uh, so that's what this was. That's what this. That's what this is all about. Yeah, man. For my future kid, if you ever listen to this episode, episode twenty two, be be scared, be scared, kid. You're you know gonna what? get it. I think every dad is the same way. Like you try and push it as much as you can. Yeah. Because at one point you get comfortable, your wife makes you comfortable, and you get that beer belly, and then you get. And you look away and before you know your child is 18 and he's the same height as you, but he's wider than you. And you're like, oh man, I've been slacking. I used to bat up this kid on yeah. purpose. Like, you know, I used to cross him up in basketball, man. I used to break his ankles consistently. Yeah. Be at him. Like, I can imagine how uh, the kind of dad I'm going to be. I'm going to yeah. be onto my kids. I'm going to be a dick. Like, oh, 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 you can't get the ball. Oh, take that. Mm. Ah, dunk. Ah, the scary, no, I'll be onto him. The scary truth is, Ken, is that we're, yeah. we're, not, we're not battling our kids. We're battling time, and time ha- is undefeated. You know, always time always. is the number one contender and the champion all at the same time. You know, we are we are getting third party by time, and all we can do is enjoy the time while we have it. For the people out there that oh, actually, that's what Omni Man was trying to say, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, well, Omni Man's on the other side of that spectrum where time has been to his benefit, right, and it's to the detriment of Mark's human life. You know, he's letting him know that, like. Unlike humans, time is not your enemy. Time is your friend. Humans. Wait, one, one quick thing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'll let, you, let me. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. Yeah. So it's just kind of like it's 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 funny that that you know we talk about can you beat up your dad and obviously in Invincible he gets laid out by his son. I'm not going to spoil anything for the future because I've read it head in the books. Um, you will see the moment where Mark becomes a man, and but it's not how you think it is. It's not necessarily through through physicality and violence. It's um it's through his deeds, and it's fascinating. It goes back to the same thing. It's unfortunate that obviously the comic and the cartoon being what it is, where he actually put hands on his dad, he's trying to defend himself. And um, obviously, in real life, people do have abusive fathers where they've had to defend themselves. I feel uh, thankfully blessed that I've never been abused to the point of fearfulness. Uh, that I needed to fight for my life. You know, any any punishment I've ta- I've I've received is because I did some dumb stuff. Like for the most part, I've always been a good kid, and my my parents haven't actually had to discipline me uh, that much. Uh, but for um, you know, for the people out there that have actually suffered the consequences of abusive relationships, be it from uh, mother or father, you know, 
I, I, I empathize with you. I feel bad for you. Nobody should ever go through that. Uh, nobody should ever even feel what? that they could beat up their dad. It's not something that's is natural. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 there's one fear that mm-hmm. I have, or one of few fears that I have, um, and it, it, it's, it relates to um, uh, success and mm-hmm. comfort, mm-hmm. right? So when we look at, I always told this to the kids in school. When we look at, I'll give you three examples. So the first one is what I say into in school. A lot of these kids act like idiots. They they act like dicks, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like when it comes to education, they don't take it seriously. And they are very, uh, 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 and I told them that they're entitled. Mm-hmm. You guys get free education. You get free transport. You don't have to worry about your own clothes. You could just wash like two, three shirts. You don't have to worry. Like that way, no one has to feel worried about feeling poor because there are poor kids in school. Yeah. Imagine if we like was like in America and you had to wear your own clothes. Mm-hmm. Like it would be very clear who the poor kids were. And you know, while you're in school in school uniform, you know that's the benefit that you don't have to worry about that. You know, free school meals was the way, but no one really knew about that. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're blessed in that in that sense. But does that stop them from acting up? No. And the reason why it doesn't is because if you don't have anything to show you the difference of how good you're you're getting it. Yeah, you're just going to assume the slightest problem is the worst thing in the world. Right. In, in you know re- retrospectively, like or, or, or like uh, um, uh, relatively speaking, you know, and you see that with rich kids mm-hmm. or some rich kids. I'm not going to say all rich kids. Some rich dads are and parents are, are pretty damn good with their kids, but you see it with some rich kids where, you know, they don't get a certain item for Christmas or their birthday or a certain number of presents. Kind of like um. Uh, uh, Harry Potter's cousin yeah that like oh would you mean I didn't get a one extra present for my birthday to match up to my age crazy entitled and he got upset over that yeah but then obviously we we wouldn't get some of that because you know we barely got gifts growing up you know and so coming full circle to when it comes to where people say like oh I don't hate my dad or I hate my parents oh they're the worst you know people have nothing to compare it to except their own experiences. Right. When you actually take it into context of other people's experiences of how horrible that they've actually been. Mm. I'm not saying that, you know, parents are therefore like uh, justified in some of the silliness that they do. Mm-hmm. Not, not at all. But, you know, the pain that people feel, feel and the fear that people feel for, for some of the worst things that their parents have done, mm. you know, it, it is so real. And I could never imagine it because... Well, I know now the stories because I've heard so many stories coming up through teaching about some of the craziness that has happened and some of the things that I've experienced from these parents. Yeah. It's kind of like, I'm, I'm kind of thankful that, you know, the worst thing that I got w- w- was getting, you know, you know, <laughs> let's not lie, we got hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, growing up, but, you know, for through, but no, but for no, for, but for good reasons sometimes. Yeah. Doesn't justify it, you know, but we got punished, right? Yeah. Whereas other people, like they're getting their parents call, like police are getting called on their parents because yeah. they've gone too far yeah you know people are going into school with, with with serious serious issues or serious like injuries yeah because you know their parents went too far some people's parents are just every time that they see them they're just drunk right or they're absent right. or they don't see them like so it's all it's all down to perspective the pain that you have is always down to your is, is always relative yeah so a small thing can be absolutely the worst thing in the world yeah but that's only because you haven't experienced anything. So 
I guess my question where I'm trying to land is how do we raise our kids to have that mentality of, okay, cool. This is a like, like being able to measure up a horrible experience mm-hmm. because if, if our aim, my, my fear is if my aim is to be a better father than my father was mm-hmm. or be a better father than some of these horrible fathers or parents that I see uh, throughout my entire career. Yeah. What will my child, what will my children lose mm. by me doing that? Because if I give them the sun, the moon, the earth, the everything, the universe, yeah, then they'll never really know pain yeah. and how to come out of it. And then when they eventually come across that and they're not able to deal with it mm-hmm. because they've never felt that way. I'm not trying to introduce pain and suffering to my child. Yeah. But sometimes that struggle is needed to actually be a bit more wise. Yeah. That innocence needs to, that veil of innocence has to come down sometimes yeah. so they can actually see the world for what it actually is. How do you build in struggle? for your children and that's the question i've been trying to figure out for years man it's one of those no ones one has a good reason i don't think there is a good answer do you know how i kind of see life and there isn't if i can actually equate life to like um a game of poker right let's say the end game of parenting is winning not just a hand of poker but winning a whole damn pot right and even the pot could right. end up being small at the end of it but your 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 success is measured that you made it to the end that you <laughs> you did good works but like with poker, you don't you're not guaranteed the best hand. But to win the 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 the, the hand, you need to do your best. You need to basically whether it's be through I don't know, bluffing your way through or maybe playing the odds that you have a better hand as than your opposition. You got to play the hand and hopefully by the end of it, you win the hand. And I think essentially that's what life is. So, yeah, um, I think, Ken, that has been a brilliant episode uh, this week. We delve into something really, really deep. Um, oddly enough, there's been a lot of content this week in terms of uh, viewing content, so we haven't been able to actually talk about all of it. We'll be saving some of that for next week. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about there, Ken, to wrap up? No, I think we covered quite a bit of it. Um, it I think uh, some of the things that we talked about towards the end, um, it, it's a it's a very grown thing to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> oddly enough, where we just talk about our future and how we got into where we were yeah. and where we are now. Yeah, and I think we should like add more content like that. Yeah, only because it, it's it's uh, not just for us because it does help us think things through. Yes, but it's a, it's a nice way to slowly get to a point where we fully understand how some semblance of how we should live our lives, man. Yeah. Okay, on that note, just another reminder, guys, whatever platform you're listening to us, give us a follow, give us a like, leave us a comment. You can find me on royal.majesty on Instagram, uh, on deck.podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And Ken, we can find Ken on I am Mr. Ken on Instagram. And this is me signing out. Peace. Adios, people. <laughs>